Amen and good morning. How is Liberty Church this morning? Good? Everybody awake? Amen. Happy Sunday. It is good to see everybody. We are glad that you're here. We're so thankful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're honored that you've literally made Liberty Church your destination this morning. So thank you for being here. Uh, you've picked a great Sunday to be here. I am super excited to be uh, resuming this message that we started last week. So we're going to be staying true to form and picking up there we left off last week and we kicked off a message titled, What Moves You? What Moves You? So as we're sitting here this morning, uh, talking and sitting before the Lord, I want you to be asking yourself, let's do a self-examination, let's invite the Holy Spirit in and say, God, uh, what's moving me in my life? How did I get to where I'm at? God, if I'm honest, am I really allowing you to lead my life and guide my life? Lord, or am I being uh, driven by other things, circumstances, people, all sorts of stuff? You know, there's all sorts of stuff that moves us in life. There's pressures, there's, there, there, there's people, there's all sorts of stuff. And if we're not careful uh, and we begin to make one bad decision after another, after another, after another, now I have no idea how I've gotten to where I am. And I, I've forgotten why I'm frustrated, why, why I'm frustrated, why I'm angry. Uh, why I'm upset, why I'm anxious, why I have no peace. And it's because I've been doing life my way, how I want to do it, my way. And so what moves you? That's what we're going to be talking about. And so I want you to know that God, do you know God wants to move you? He wants to lead us and guide us. And he wants us to be blessed and be favored and be called and be anointed. And so God moves us in a real a real way, and we're going to talk about how he does that today, and I'm excited to share that with you. Uh, before we get into the new part of the message, we're going to talk about what we talked about last week. And last week, we talked about how uh, the enemy wants to move you as well. Because do you know that God wants to move us, but the enemy, the devil, wants to move you too. And he tries to come in, manipulate, and pervert what God is wanting to do in and through us. To get us to where he wants us to go. And so if we're not careful, we can lose sight of where we are and how we've gotten to where we are. And so when the wrong things move us, y'all, we can find ourselves on the way to the slaughter. You remember the story I shared last week? The quick story about the, the, the traveler, the good old country boy from Holly Pond, right? Who, who was out traveling the world and he saw a flock of sheep and there was a, a gentleman behind the flock of sheep and he was driving the flock of sheep, pushing them proud and, and driving them with a bullwhip. And he was a good old country boy, and he knew that you're not supposed to drive sheep, right? Because sheep follow their shepherd who's in front, just like Jesus is our shepherd. And so he went and asked the gentleman, what in the world are you driving that, that flock of sheep for? That is crazy. That's backwards. And he said, well, you're pretty smart, but see, the thing is, I'm not the shepherd. I am the butcher driving the sheep to their slaughter. So if you are not allowing God to lead you, if you're allowing other things to lead you, it could be the enemy driving you from behind to get you to a place of slaughter. Physical death and spiritual death. Amen. So we need his, we need his spirit, y'all. We need his Holy Spirit to lead us. And I shared last week, you got to know that uh, in this life, you're going to experience pressure. You're going to experience trouble and hardships. But the Holy Spirit showed me and shared with me to share with us that we experience pressure because we have purpose. 
You experience pressure because you have purpose. You have a call. You are anointed. And the enemy knows that. And he doesn't like that about you. And so he doesn't want to see you step into that purpose, into that call. He wants to try and manipulate and drive you to do things, to live life a certain way so that we can maybe get off the beaten path and be in a dangerous place. Amen? So let's go ahead. Let's look at that first scripture that we used uh, last week, uh, our foundational scripture really for this message. Uh, but before we do, let's, if you've got a neighbor, go ahead and look at one. Just kind of give them that look like you better be awake look. <laughs> go ahead and tell them and say, hey, from this day forward, y'all sound kind of weak. Hey, from this day forward, I'm only going where God says. Amen. In Jesus' name, we need to go only where God says I need to be going. Amen. What moves you? What moves us this morning? So uh, let's go ahead for time's sake. Let's just skip down to verse 20. Uh, Y'all have that whole chunk there out of Acts 20, uh, verse 17 through 24. But I want to skip down to verse 20. Uh, and so we find Paul here, right? He's speaking to some, some, some uh, believers, a group of people as he's traveling from city to city. And he says, how I kept nothing back from you that was helpful. But uh, proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance, someone say repentance, toward God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that only chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things, there it is where we get part of the title of our message. But he says, none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. That is a, 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 an amazing Chunk of scripture, let's just go ahead and jump to that, that first point that we used last week as we go ahead and hit our recaps. So we said, we asked ourselves, what moves you? Are your decisions and direction being driven by pressure or being led by the Holy Spirit? As we read that scripture, Paul is saying and, and telling the people that he's around, he's really saying, you know what, as I keep traveling, God keeps showing up and by his spirit, he keeps telling me and, and affirming and confirming that as I keep living this purpose that God has called for me, that uh, it's going to get painful, it's going to get dark, it's going to get tough in my life. He says, chains and tribulations await me wherever I go. But what did he say? But that does not move me. That doesn't change my mind. That actually makes me believe even that much more. I'm going. He says, I, my mind's not changed. I'm going. Because he was being led by the Holy Spirit. Instead of being driven by pressure. And we're going to hit the recaps of well, the pressure that we looked at last week. And so pressure was trying, the enemy was trying to move him, scare him of the pressure that his, his body and flesh and his mind was going to experience, right? Y'all hear me. If your faith in Jesus is not rooted in, in, in a strong place, y'all, just the fear of, of, of pain to my flesh and to my mind and things that look hard will get me to cause to just say, you know what, I don't know if I can do this. Maybe I'm not going to do this because it's going to get hard. Paul's faith was steadfast. 
His relationship was steadfast. His purpose was steadfast and cemented. And his calling, he was not going to be moved by any other outside forces. He was going. He was going. He wasn't going to be moved by anything other than the Holy Spirit. So what could happen if we all begin to live our lives and respond in circumstances this way? Y'all, what could happen if we were so steadfast? The things that we're praying and believing for, it, it may look like it's getting harder and tougher, but what if I believed in Jesus so much that I said, no devil, I'm not going to be moved or persuaded or swayed today because I know what my God has said. I believe, I see the promise, I'm going to stay put by faith as I hold out for the promise of God. What would happen? What could change? I bet some amazing signs, miracles, and wonders could happen. God needs us to be moved by His Spirit. Let's go ahead and look at that next point. So really, last week we really unmasked the scheme of the enemy that he has against our lives. And, and we explain these types of pressure, and it's really not the only way the enemy works, but these are three vital key ways that he tries to, to drive us and, and to get us to jump ship and, and, and to, to act and react uh, by emotions and anger and jealousy and all these things. And, and to live my life a certain way, to, now I'm off the path that God has for me. And so we said, so the, the types of pressure that the enemy uses are pressure of people, pressure of temptation, and pressure of circumstances. Y'all, as long as we have breath in our lungs, we are going to have to deal with these things, right? These real things every day. Pressure of people. Oh, y'all, the enemy wants to use the pressure of people to get us to become people pleasers instead of Jesus pleasers. <laughs> y'all know you're supposed to live for an audience of one. The only one that matters, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And, and, if, and if the enemy can get me to lose sight of him and focus on only what I can see, touch, and feel, because, you know, sometimes I can't feel Jesus. Sometimes I don't feel the Spirit of God. Sometimes I feel alone. And if I'm driven by the pressure of, of people pleasing and needing people in my lives and feeling lonely, then I can get off the beaten path and I can find myself out in the wilderness a stranded sheep all alone. And y'all know that's a dangerous place to be as a sheep who's all by himself or herself. Yeah, the Bible says, Jesus says he leaves the 99 for the one. You know what? But what if you run out of time before Jesus gets to you? So we got to be driven by or led by his spirit and not driven by pressure. There's a pressure of temptation. Oh, this is a real one. See, because my body, it has cravings. I have thoughts. My, my, my body doesn't necessarily always want to line up with the Spirit of God and what God wants to do in my life. And I, I want to taste things, do things, experience things. And if I don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead my life, I can learn some, some, uh, some problems in my life, some, some, some lessons, I'm sorry, the hard way. I can do it the right way and, and be okay, or I can do things the wrong way and learn some tough lessons. I need the Holy Spirit and the pressure of circumstances. Y'all, we have all sorts of circumstances, right? We have jobs. We have families. We have friends. We have church. We have ministry. I can go ahead and keep piling up. We got tax season right around the corner. <laughs> all sorts of circumstantial pressure, right? 
And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do too. He wants us to be focused on all this exterior outside stuff that pulls me and draws me. It gets me frustrated. I, I experience anxiety and all this stuff and I'm not focused on him. And God wants us to be led by him. And he says, if you trust me, I got you. Y'all, he carried the cross. <laughs> if he can carry the cross, what can he carry? What burdens of yours can't he carry? And see it through. He's strong enough. My Savior's strong enough. He can do it, amen? So, that next, uh, that next point, that last point that we're going to hit for our recap. So, the enemy uses pressure. But I said last week, not all pressure is bad. Y'all, God uses pressure for our good. Some pressure is good, and that's why we got to be, be uh, constantly talking and uh, uh, cultivating a relationship with God every day so I can decipher good pressure from bad pressure. That point says not all pressure is bad. God uses pressure to refine us, protect us, and draw out of us the treasures he has placed within us. But God, see, he doesn't drive us. He leads us by his spirit. That's how it's different. If I feel this, this, this pressure that to, to, to do something that's out of emotion or anger or um, frustration or comparisons with other people, I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses across the street, and so they bought a new car, so I, I feel pressured to go get a new car. Uh, this type of pressure is bad, but the pressure that God uses is that pressure that leads me out of my comfort zone. See, that's how God pressures us. See, before I was... Uh, officially called and, and pulled into the ministry as a, as a campus pastor, uh, I already knew the gift and call that I had placed inside of me. And, and when that invitation actually came, it was like my heart sped up and kind of sunk all at the same time because it was like, okay, yes, I've affirmed that this gift is in you, but now you have to come out of your comfort zone. This means I'm going to have to be in front of people on a regular basis. I'm going to have to uh, communicate and, and speak the gospel. And see, there was pressure to draw me out of my comfort zone. And see, that's where we have to be armed with a yes, God. When we say yes, God, signs, miracles, and wonders happen. I'm so thankful that I said yes. I'm so thankful that I'm allowing him to lead me in my life. And he's drawing out that gift, those gifts and talents and call in my life. Amen. So those are the types of pressures that we have to decipher from. So somebody say, uh, Amen. Because we just finished all the recap. <laughs> so let's go ahead and hit that first new point for today. Here we go. The point, part I'm excited to give us. So we've unmasked what the enemy wants to do. Now I want to give you and equip you with how we can be led by his spirit. You know, and I, I think most believers, what they want to know and they wish they could, they could achieve and get would be able to hear the voice of God louder and clearer in your life. Would anybody like to hear the voice of God louder and clearer in your life? Well, then I got good news for you that you're going to get from today. You can hear his voice louder and clearer if we allow him to lead us in these four ways. So the four ways we're going to talk about, if you want to write them down, are he leads us by his word, by his spirit, by his authority, and by his purpose. But don't worry, we're going to spend time on each one of them, okay? So that first one, he leads us by the word of God. God's word sets the parameters. Somebody say parameters. I like that word. That's a cool word. He sets the parameters of our lives. So God uses his word to lead us, guide us, and direct us. He uses his word to set the parameters. Really, he defines through his word my life. 
What's good? What's evil? What's bad? What can I do? What can I do? Who, what type of people should I be in relationship with? What type of people should I be in relationship with? The, the expectations and responsibilities that I have as a believer, God sets the parameters in this book. And so I need to be in this book every day so he can lead me and guide me. And I need to be study myself to be a true student of the word of God. I think of it like this. God really uses his word like the riverbanks of a river. There's all that life-giving uh, substance of a flowing uh, body of water that flows freely. It has direction. It's, it's guided, but it's the riverbanks that hold all that unlocked potential in place, right? And God says, if you, if you live by my word, anywhere within the river, you're good. From one bank all the way to the other bank, uh, you can do whatever you want. It's all blessed. It's all good. If I get outside of his word, outside of those banks... Now I'm like a lost sheep. I'm wandering around in the wilderness, being driven by pressure, circumstance, people, all these things. If I'm in the parameters, if I'm in the banks of what God says, I'm blessed. He's leading me. I'm allowing him uh, to lead me and I'm living for him. Outside of those banks, I'm doing life my way, the way I want to do it. Let's look at um, Psalms 119.105. What does it say? It says, your word, the Bible. God, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So he illuminates our path with his word. How do I know? God, how did I get here? Maybe I'm angry or frustrated or, or I'm in a bad season. Or I took a chance on a job that I wasn't supposed to take a chance on. And maybe I didn't allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. And I and I'm find myself in this place. I'm angry. How did I get here, God? And God, you can illuminate, illuminate your path with his word. God will say, did I say or didn't I say? We really, the Holy Spirit will show me, we can cross-check, cross-reference my path with his word. I can, I can check if I'm where I'm supposed to be by what his word says. Let's read Matthew 4.4. 4. We used this scripture last week. Uh, so we find Jesus, right? He's just been, been tempted by the, the devil. He's uh, pretty hungry. Uh, he says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I've never seen it this way. The Holy Spirit showed it to me this week. Jesus was hungry. And so the devil was tempting him with the, the ability of turning some stones into bread, right? We all know that. But... The Lord was showing me that his word is invaluable. It's so valuable that it's invaluable because Jesus equated bread, the food, the substance that I need physically to live as being equal to the word of God. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? See, in order to live, what do I need? Food. I need bread in my life. Can anybody go three or four days without eating? You probably could, but you're going to be uh, on the verge of death eventually. And so, uh, you, and you know, it's like as we're eating breakfast, what are we think about? What we're going to have for lunch? As I'm eating lunch, I'm thinking, what am I going to have for dinner? And so I can't go three or four days without eating. Why can't I go three or four days without reading his word? 
See, I need physical substance to live. Do you know you need spiritual substance to live for him? I need bread and I need his word in my life to lead and guide and direct me. If I can go do life without his word, I need to spiritually check my heart, check my life. You know, God, it's not the matter of the fact that God's never, never speaking to us. He speaks all day long, 24-7, 365, from here till eternity and on. He just wants us to open it. We have to be surrendered to him. So God leads us by his word. Let's look at that next point. Another way he leads us. He leads us by the Holy Spirit. This is so cool. So the Holy Spirit, but he's the one, he's the part of the Trinity that speaks personally and specifically to me. That's the cool part of the Holy Spirit. See, I need God's word to set the parameters, to define how I'm supposed to live, um, the things I'm supposed to do as a believer, but it's the Holy Spirit that gives me specific personal things in my life. It's the Holy Spirit that brings God's word to life. Now, I don't, I don't want to talk bad about other churches. There, there's so many great, amazing churches in the world. But it breaks my heart that there's believers and people out there, you know, they believe the entire word of God. But they don't believe and acknowledge the Holy Spirit. And they, and they wonder why they feel dead and lifeless. And they wonder why they read the word and they don't get nothing from them. And they don't feel no better. They don't feel no different. It's because God's word can't come to life if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to reveal his truth to you. I don't want to say God's word is dead, but without his Holy Spirit, it is. That's why Jesus said, I must go to send my spirit who's going to help be a helper to you. And so it's his Holy Spirit that speaks personally uh, and specifically to my life. He gives us direction. Let's read uh, John 10, 27. So here's Jesus speaking again, right? You hear me quote the scripture all the time. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Somebody say, follow me. So how do I prove that I'm good with Jesus, that I know Jesus? I do what he says. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, tells me to go speak to so-and-so at work, or, or go share my testimony with so-and-so in my family, or, or, or sacrifice my Saturday to do something at a church function on, on, for the church on a Saturday, or uh, to step up to my gifts and talents and callings that God has for me to get in front of people and speak and share the nuggets that he gives me through his word. If he tells me to do that and I don't do it, based on what Jesus just said, I'm not one of his sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Jesus is supposed to lead us and guide us. See, when I'm not armed with a yes, God, I'm armed with a stiff arm. And I say, God, I'm not ready, not yet. Maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe tomorrow. Y'all, tomorrow is not promised to us. And I know you'll hear me say that over and over again. We all think we're going to escape death somehow. We just think we ain't going to die. It's not going to happen to me. Y'all, you never know. And so we got to allow him to lead us. And when we do, we're part of his flock. 
That's how we prove that we know him, by following his voice. Let's read Acts uh, 10, 19 through 20. I got a couple cool scriptures out of Acts that I want to share with us just to prove that in the word of God, the Holy Spirit, he speaks. He speaks details and he gives us uh, personal insights that only God the Father can give us. Uh, and that's not just for us, it's for something bigger. So at verse 19, we find Peter here. He's really praying and puzzling over a vision. If you want to go back and read it, just for time's sake, I kind of plugged this chunk out uh, about what he's, he's having over clean and unclean foods. But the Holy Spirit comes upon him real quickly. It says, then the Holy Spirit said to him, three men, somebody say three men, have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. Holy Spirit said three men. That's specific. Has anybody ever had the Holy Spirit tell you, go share the scripture with so-and-so? You knew like they needed to hear that scripture. And, and, and when you do it, what happens? Signs, miracles, wonder, breakthrough, tears, snotting, hugging, crying, growth. All that great, amazing stuff that God wants to do in and through you for the other person. Then it actually blesses you even more than it probably blesses them. And so that's what this was all about. It may seem insignificant, but it's very significant because Peter had a choice. He could have said, yes, God, or he could have stayed puzzled in this place of prayer that he was really being bothered by this vision that he was having. And the Holy Spirit comes and said, don't hesitate, go and go now. And there'll be three men. So when you go down there, you know that it's, it's from me. Follow these three men because you know why? Because God wanted Peter to go and help another believer get to the next level. Another believer named uh, Cornelius, who was a Roman officer, who had questions about who this Jesus guy was, and he was needing Peter to go and preach the good news to get him to that next place. And so we got to be led by the Spirit. He gives us specifics, He gives us details. And we got to allow ourselves to say, yes, God. Let's read Acts 8, 29 through 29. Here's another uh, cool scripture, too, out of Acts. The Holy Spirit speaks. Uh, so there, verse 29, we find Philip. It says, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I understand unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with him. Y'all, and I want to challenge you, go ahead and read the rest of this, this chapter out of Acts, maybe today or later this week in your quiet time, and you'll see that the significance and the importance of Peter doing what the Holy Spirit said because God, this was a eunuch, he was, he was hungry, he was hungry for the, the, the Spirit of God and the truth of God, and he was reading Isaiah, but he couldn't, he couldn't understand it probably because he didn't have the Holy Spirit, and he needed the obedience of Philip to go ahead, and as they're riding in the carriage, if you read on, you'll see that Philip uh, teaches and, and preaches the scripture and then teaches and preaches Jesus. The eunuch gets saved on the road in the carriage. They happen to pass some water, and what happens? He goes ahead and baptizes the new believer. And then some signs and miracles, as he's baptizing the eunuch out of water, the Spirit of God comes down and takes up Philip. Pretty, somebody say, that's pretty awesome. All to just affirm that hungry believer. So I want to ask you, are you hungry for God? If you're hungry for God, God will send a Philip into your life, even to teach you the things you don't know. 
He was, God seen his hunger and his, his desperation. He says, I'm going to speak to Philip and he's going to come and he's going to do all these things. And then I'm going to take Philip up to heaven with me because of his obedience. Amen. You know, and uh, if you feel like God's not speaking to you, you feel like you can't hear his voice, y'all, maybe it's because we keep telling him no. Any parents in the house? We don't have any kids yet, but we're expecting. Can't wait. July 7th's going to be here quick. Uh, but any good parent will know that you love to bless your obedient children. The ones who do what you say, when you say what to do, how to do it. Are you more willing to love on them and give them the stuff they want and, and, and be nice to them and do all the things? Don't judge me. You're in church. Do you think God's any different? You know, he keeps coming at you, coming at you, giving you a chance, 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 chance. I keep saying, no, God, not ready, no, I'm not ready. And actually, you have so much deposited inside of you, and you're just saying, no, God. And if we said yes, I begin to hear his voice louder and clearer. The more I do it, it's like practice. Now I, can, now I know his voice, and he blesses me. One more, I'm going kind of long. I want to give this one more nugget. On the difference between the Word of God and how the Holy Spirit works. So I need both. But it's kind of like this. So the Word of God, the Bible says that I'm supposed to go to church as a believer, right? But it's the Holy Spirit that tells me what church to go to. That's how personal and, and how detailed he is. The, the Word of God says that I'm to, I'm to marry or uh, be equally yoked to a, a like-minded believer, right? The Bible tells me that, but the Holy Spirit's the one that leads me to my spouse. Does that make sense? You seen how this works? They work together. When it works together in harmony, it's, 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 nothing can stop us. So let's look at the next point. Third way he leads us. He leads us by his authority. Does that word make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside? The authority, he leads us by authority. God uses those in authority to protect us and promote us. Y'all, authority is a good thing. Somebody say good thing. If you, ha if you have a bad take or look on authority, y'all, you can't be blessed by our Father because we're going to read it here in a moment that God says all authority comes by God, from God, to serve and protect his people. And, if, and, and see, we think of authority as a bad thing. I see it as a thing that restricts my freedom, the things that I can't do. But it really, I only see it that way when I'm doing what I'm not supposed to be doing. <laughs> when I see that the authority of God is good in my life, that it's there to protect and serve me and help me and meet my needs, God actually blesses me through the authority. See, we serve a God of order. We don't serve a God of chaos. And so God's at the top. It's kind of picture yourself like under an umbrella. As long as I'm under the authority of God, I'm blessed. I'm protected. But when I re resist and, 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 and fight and fuss and don't do the things that, um, that the authority placed over me, whether it's at work, at church, within my family, whatever kind of authority is over you, if I, if I buck the system, then I, I'm out from under the umbrella. I can't be blessed. I'm not protected. I can't be promoted. He can't use it to help me. But when I fall in the line and I see that the authority's from him and I'm not just serving man, I'm serving him. See, some of you got to get out of your mind. I'm serving the man and he lords over me and he tells me what to do and how to do it. 
If you could look past the man or the woman, whoever's in charge of you, and do it for him, y'all, y'all might start seeing yourself blessed. You might start seeing yourself blessed. Let's read um, Romans 13, 1 through 4. So here it is, right out of the Word of God. It said, everyone must submit. Oh, there's another word that makes me feel warm and fuzzy. To governing authorities. Help us, God. Help us to have submissive hearts, Father. For all authority comes from God. There it is. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Then do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants, sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. It's kind of funny how I now have a totally different view of authority in my life than I did before I come to know Christ. Because E and BC, before Christ, was a, a heathen. <laughs> I did what I want, what I wanted. Uh, if it looked good, I ate it. If it tastes good, I drank it. If it, whatever, I just went with it. And, you know, I had a very bad view of authority because I didn't like it over my life. If I was driving down the road and I see a cop, I probably slammed on the brakes and uh, maybe said a couple choice words and was constantly looking over my shoulder. But you know what's funny? When I come to know Jesus, now when I pass a cop, I say, Holland, thank you, sir. Thank you, Jesus, for what you do, that you, you keep me safe. And what does it say on the side of their cars? To protect and to serve. The righteous authority of God, when it's done right, it, it serves its purpose. See, now I, I have a different view of what that that officer is serving and doing for my protection. He's serving, he's there to help me. But like the scripture says, if I'm doing wrong, then yes, be afraid. Tremble, and you will be judged. And you will have to answer to what you do. And God wants us to be led by the authority instead of, instead of uh, resisting the authority, see it as from God, by God, so that he can meet my provision, he can protect me, he can promote me, and he can serve me. You know, and you know what? Are there people that use authority in the wrong way? Yes. Do people abuse their power? Yes. But hey, as long as they are not telling you to do something that is a blatant sin, do it unto the Lord. You do it unto the Lord. Amen? And you'll be blessed. You know, I kind of think of it also as like, just picture a healthy, a healthy growing church. A, a righteous authority that is in place. You know, a healthy church, when it does what it's supposed to, how it's supposed to do it, how it's called to do it, does it protect uh, uh, the vision of God and the people of God? Yes. Does it promote uh, uh, people within its uh, church into their gifts and callings and talents? You know, you can't promote yourself. You might could go buy a little acre of land and say you're the whatever you want to name it, but uh, no one else is going to uh, respond to you as king of that place or uh, listen to you or do whatever you say if you promote yourself. 
You can only be promoted by an outside system, by the authority of God that is over us. So the church, a healthy church can do that, and a healthy church, does it serve its people? Right? That's a healthy way, a healthy vision and order of how God designed it to be. Let's look at that, uh, that last point. The last thing and the thing I'm most excited to share uh, about how God leads us, and it's by the purpose of God on your life. And I said that we experience pressure in our life to do it backwards, to do it the wrong way, because the enemy knows that you're gifted, that you're called. You have purpose, and the enemy hates that about you. And so we got to remember that I have purpose. So God uses our gifts and callings to keep us pressing on. Somebody say, pressing on. For the prize of the high calling of God in our lives. Y'all, you got to know and remind yourself that you have purpose. The Lord was showing me, you know, as people, we create all sorts of stuff, don't we? Uh, we're created in his image of the ultimate creator, right? And so just look at anything in this room. Somebody imagined it, designed it, created it. But what? They created it for a purpose, right? You don't just create something for nothing. That defeats the purpose. We create chairs so you can sit. We create shoes so I don't got to walk around barefoot. We create clothes so I can be clothed. We, we create this podium so I can have my notes and my Bible. We create all sorts of stuff. It has a purpose. So y'all, I want you to hear me. Why do you think God created you without a purpose? You have something that he has placed inside of you that nobody else has. It may look the same, it may kind of be similar, but it's yours. It's different. You are called, you have an, you're anointed, you have a purpose to do only what you are called and anointed to do. Y'all, and you got to remember that. Because when I remember that, it helps me stay rooted, it helps me stay put. And you got to find something to help you remember that you have purpose. Uh, I didn't share this last service, but, uh, you know, I wear these, uh, these, these dog tags. You know what, but I don't call them dog tags. I call them king tags. Somebody asked me today, why do you wear those? What's on there? And, and actually, I had these made and engraved to remind me of my purpose and who I am. If you come up here and read it, you'd see it says my name. Ian Westbrook. Son of God. Husband. Brother. Bought by Jesus. Jeremiah 29.11. It reminds me that I have purpose. It reminds me that I'm a king. Because my father's a king. And one day, I'm going to be in his presence, in his kingdom. And I have purpose. And so if it gets tough, I don't know what you're going through. Man, it may be hard. It may look tough. It may look rough. You may not know your next step. But I want you to know that you have a, God, if you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan and a purpose and a call on your life. Find something to remind yourself. Write it down. Make you some king tags. $5.99, Amazon.com. <laughs> Put whatever you want on there. Something to help you stay grounded, rooted. Something to keep your faith up to say, you know what, not today, devil. I'm not being moved by you or people or pressures or circumstances. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We just toss that word around, Holy Spirit. 
Do you know the Holy Spirit is holy? Do you know what holy means? Undefiled, set apart, sanctified. When the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you are holy, set apart, sanctified, cleansed, called, redeemed, set free. The holy, let's not just toss that word holy around. Holy is different than anything else that there ever was. And that, that person wants a relationship with you. Let's read Philippians 3, 3, 12 through 14. You hear me say this scripture all the time too. But this is something to help us remind ourselves of our purpose. And this is really what Paul, I believe, was doing for himself. He was giving himself a pep talk, a self-motivating speech. You know, you got to do that sometimes. You know what? No, I'm staying the course. I'm going to press on. And so verse 12, he says, not that I've already attained or am I already perfected, but I press on. He's saying, you know what, I'm not perfect, I ain't made it, I definitely ain't arrived, I'm messed up, I'm jacked up, but you know what, I'm with faith, I'm pressing on, I'm going forward, that I may lay hold of what rich, which Jesus Christ has also laid a hold of me. Brothers, I do not count myself as apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward, somebody say forward, to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God and Christ Jesus. Y'all, when, when I remember my purpose, when I'm focused on my purpose, I press on and it refocuses me. When it gets hard, when it gets tough, I can say, you know what? No, God, I'm, I'm going forward. I, I, I trust you, God. I trust you more, God. That's what we have to do. We have to remind ourselves. Can we get the uh, worship team to make their way? So we have to remind ourselves, you know what? And Jesus also demonstrates how we have to remind ourselves of our purpose. Because we're going to be pulled, we're going to be tugged by the world, people, places, things, doubt, fear. All these things are going to tug and pull on me. And Jesus reminds us what we have to do. Read there, Luke 4, 42-43. It says, now when uh, it was day... He, speaking of Jesus, departed and went into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this there it is purpose. I have been sent. For this purpose I must go. Were the people, were they evil? Were they trying to stop Jesus from doing what he was doing? No, they were doing it out of a good heart. They, they, they wanted to stay with Jesus because they loved Jesus and they believed that Jesus was who he was. But you, you got to hear me. You got to be so focused on the purpose of God in your life that even when good people try to pressure you and persuade you and hold you back from the call of God that is on your life, you have to say, no, I must go because of the purpose of God in my life. See, Jesus had to go because he had to share what he shared with that group of people. Because their lives were changed, he had to do the same thing to the next city and to the next city until he went to the cross. And so you got to know sometimes when you're pressured, it may be people that love and care about you. That's why you need to seek God, pray to him, uh, and ask him, is this really what you want me to do? Because we got to be led by, by the purpose of God, by his spirit, and not be driven by the purpose 
and give in to the world. Let's read John 12, 27 through 28. Here's Jesus again. He says, now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason that I came. In other words, this is the purpose to why I'm here. This is the very reason I'm here. What did Jesus pray in the garden right before he, he's praying drops of blood? He had to remind himself, God, nevertheless, my will, but your will. God, for your purpose in my life, God, I'm going to stay put as I hold out. God, I'm going to take up this cross. God, I'm going to put it on my back. I'm going to take the burden of the world, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to say, amen, it's finished in Jesus' name. Because he was focused on his purpose. If you're here this morning and you don't feel like you have a purpose, I'm here to tell you that you do. You better believe you have a purpose. God knows your name. He formed and fashioned your mother's womb before you came to be. He named you and calls you. He loves you. He sent his best to die for you. He wants to lead you and guide you into all things and to have you, for you to have a blessed life, have a blessed family, a blessed job. And so you got to know that there's purpose for your life. I feel like the Holy Spirit, let's go ahead and want us to get in his presence. Let's sit humbly and boldly before him. I want us to sit and ask God, God, what is my purpose in this season, on this day of my life? And you may be surprised. You may already have an idea. You may already know what it is God wants to do through you. Y'all, and maybe if you've been, if you've been stiff-arming God, if you've been telling him no, man, it's okay. He still loves you. He doesn't judge you or leave you or condemn you. Now is a chance for you to redeem that. You can say, God, I'll do whatever it is you ask of me, even if it's going to be, if it's going to hurt, if it's going to be painful. Whatever that purpose is, I pray right now by the Holy Spirit that he show us. That he speak to you and show you so that you know you have a purpose in this place. Y'all, and when you step into your gifts and callings and your purpose to serve Him, it's going to bring you joy. It's going to bring you peace. You're going to be excited because God's going to start using you. And the thing that you were, you were apprehended, apprehensive about, the Holy Spirit's going to come flood your life and going to be like, was I crazy? I can do this. And you can do it because the one is with you. Amen. Can we get the lights dimmed down, please? So I'm just going to go ahead and pray over us. Heavenly Father, God, we, uh, we love you and we thank you. Father, I pray right now, God, that you show us. Lord, that you meet us right now, whatever season or place of life that we're in. God, that you, you confirm and affirm and speak to us loudly and clearly. God, not to, to make us uh, be confused or, or, or anything, God, but by your spirit that you, you testify what it is that you have for me to do while I'm here. Right now. Right now, Holy Spirit, from heaven. One word from heaven can change the course of my life, of our lives. So I pray.
pray that right now. If you're here this morning and maybe you've never surrendered your life to God, you've never surrendered your heart, your, your life to Him, we call it being born again or getting saved. If you've never done that, I want to give you an opportunity to do that here in a moment. Or you know what? Maybe you're here and you have given your life to God before, but maybe right now you've fallen away and you feel like you and God are, are not right. You and God are not good. And if that's you, I want to give you in a moment uh, an opportunity to respond to what God is saying in this moment. So if that's you, either one of those two, you've never given your life or you haven't fallen away, I want to give you a moment right now. Everyone's praying. I want you right now to stand up right where you're at. Right where you're at, right now, to stand up, to give your life to God, right now. And you may be saying, why do I have to stand up in front of people? And I say, you have to stand up because God sent his son Jesus to go be beaten, broken, beyond recognition, to a cross, hang naked, crucified for you. And if he did that for you, if he's speaking to you right now, the least you can do is stand for him. Stand for a Savior that would do that for you. Don't let today pass you by. Don't let this moment pass you by. If you stand for Him, the kingdom of God will rejoice, and you better believe that Liberty Church will rejoice. So if that's you, I'm going to give you a few more seconds.